Hello everyone, this is Pastor Casares again, coming to you with another inspiring word, another word that will enlighten you or awaken you of who you are eternally. The title of this one is Eternal Life Does Not Mean Going to Heaven. I'm going to repeat it. Eternal life does not mean going to heaven. There are a number of things that we are taught that aren't actually in the Bible. Feel free to look these up. But you won't find them in scripture anywhere. And they are, for instance, pray this sinner's prayer so you can be saved. Another one is believe in Jesus so that you can go to heaven. Another one is get forgiven so that you can go to heaven. Another one is confess and admit your sins so that you can go to heaven. Another one is ask Jesus into your heart. Of course, heaven is real. But the things we supposedly believe come from the Bible aren't always there. Whether you grew up in church or not, there is a good chance you can quote John 3.16 from memory. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believe, believeth in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. John verse 3.16 Like most of us, you probably think that this, this eternal life is a synonym, synonym for going to heaven when we die. But that should not be the truth. Let's look at the word eternal for a moment. It is the word ionios. Helps word studies defines it like this. A cognate 166 ionios, an adjective derived from 165 aeonian or aeon, aeon, which is an age, a particular character and quality. Uh, properly age-like, like an age, an age characteristic, the quality describing a particular age, fi figure, figuratively, the unique quality, reality of God's life at work in the believer. As the Lord manifests his self-existent life, as it is in his sinless abode of heaven, it, Ionios, does not focus on the future per se, but rather on the quality of the age. It relates to, thus believers live in eternal life, onious life, eternal life. Right now, experiencing this quality of Father God's life now as a present possession. But many of you still don't believe it. Many of you are still waiting for what is already here. Having eternal life is a present tense. Uh, you find it in John 3 verse 36, John 5 verse 24, John 6 verse 47, and Romans 6.23. The word eternal actually refers to an age or a quality experienced in an age of history. But that word modifies another one, the word life or zoe zoe uh, it's a 
noun, feminine, a phonetic spelling, which is Zoe, which is life, life, physical and spiritual. So eternal life, which we thought meant going to heaven when we die, actually means the life of the age and was being experienced already by believers in the New Testament. You will not find a verse that says eternal life and heaven are the same thing. It is just not there. On a quick note, remember that from the cross to AD 70 is a transition from the old age of law to the new covenant age of the kingdom. The end of the age was the end of the old covenant age when Rome destroyed Jerusalem 40 years after the cross within one generation. So what is perishing? Well, let me define one more thing, please, because there is a huge misconception about perishing. We again are reading into a text that evangelicals has taught us. We think perish means hell. The word perish isn't a spiritual term, but a literal term to describe the death associated with those Jews who would die in the fires of AD 70 if they didn't trust Christ and abandon the old covenant law before it was too late. Notice Jesus' words to them, not us, warning them of perishing in a literal death just like the others. Luke 13 verse 2 says, And Jesus answered and said to them, Do you suppose that these Galileans were worse sinners than all other Galileans because they suffered such things? I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse sinners than all other men who dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. We see the same thing in Mark 4, verse 38, when the disciples were frustrated with Jesus because they feared they would die. There is no sense here of them going to a place called hell. They feared drowning, and he himself was upon the stern, upon the pillow, sleeping. And they wake him up and say to him, Teacher, art thou not caring that we perish? So what is this physical and or spiritual age of life? It is the age after the law, after A.D. 70. The believers before were before were already experiencing it as they abandoned the end of the age of the natural Jerusalem and natural priesthood and tasted the powers of the age to come. Hebrews 6 verse 5 We live in the period of history now and as we believe the truth of what Christ is and what he has accomplished for us then we will experience the life of this age. Let's look a little closer. Okay, the origin of belonging isn't in a golf club, a case system, or hanging with the hipsters. The origin of all belonging is found in the concept from which it emerged. All belonging comes from the nature of God or Father God. Did you know that Father God's nature is community and belonging? God always existed in community where the Father delighted in the Son and the Spirit honored the Father and the Son loved the Father and so on. The Trinity enjoyed mutual relationships in intense joy, perfect love, and peace beyond our comprehension. So perfect was the communion 
the interaction and connectedness that all creation came out of the desire for us to experience what Father in the Son and the Spirit enjoy in one another. It was Father God's intention from the beginning to bring us into the circle of belonging. So this grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. 2 Timothy 1 verse 9. John echoes this saying, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son Jesus Christ. 1 John 1, 1-3 So the word fellowship is a word communion or sharing. This belonging was a life of communion, sharing fellowship that always existed before Father and Son. John saw with his own eyes the relationship Jesus had with the Father and Spirit. Jesus, as the Son of Man, included you in his death, his burial, his resurrection, and his ascension, and in his glorification in the heavenly places. You died your life... You died and your life is hidden with Christ in Father God. Being in Christ means that we don't need to wait until we die to relish the joy that the Father has for us. In other words, it is as if we are so standing inside heaven's trinity that Jesus said the Father loves us the same profound way that he loves the Son. And that's in John 17 verse 23. The way the Spirit honors the Father is how the Spirit honors you. The delight the Son has for the Father is the same delight He has for you. Take a moment to imagine that truth. You have to realize and comprehend that uh, in Christ, it is just as Him on the earth. Remember, he is the head, but you are the body. Does your head and your body differ? No, it's the same. Your body matches your head. Your head matches your body. You don't have uh, a real thin body and a big old head. Or let's just say you don't have a big old head and a nobody. You have a body and you have a head and they both match. They match your head and they match your body. So the eternal life is a relationship that Father, Son, and Spirit enjoyed and which we now have been brought into in the resurrection of Christ. We were joined in Him everything that happened after the cross. We were joined with Jesus before the cross. Whatever happened at the cross, we were joined to Him in that. If you cannot see that you were joined as one in Jesus, 
then you will not be able to see the oneness of who you are in Christ in his resurrection. Because if you see the oneness in Christ or Jesus the Christ in his resurrection, you will know that you are quickened, you have been raised, and that you are seated in the heavenly places. This is what Father God wants us to know by experiencing physically in this life and spiritually in this life, which extends forever. This is eternal life, that you may know Him, the one true God and Jesus Christ He has sent. Our belief is the means of us growing in knowing Him and experiencing the exact communion that Father and the Son and Spirit have always known. You are one with Father through the Son and Spirit. You could say, Father and you are one. You are His abode. He abides in you. Christ is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and it's also Father God. Remember, Father God is three in one. We can say Jesus the Christ, or we can say Holy Spirit, or we can say Father. There's no difference in them. And they live in you. They abide in you. Father has never left you. We have left Father in our own minds. We have left Him by thinking that we're alienated from Father God. But we're not. You could be doing the most evil things that people call evil. But Father still resides in you. And one day you will realize that Father is in you. And Christ is a spirit that has resurrected you into him, making you his abode. I'm sorry. You may drink sometimes. You may smoke sometimes. All those things come with consequences. But they are not things that will take you to hell. Why? Because every knee will bow. Every knee, no matter what. Every knee shall bow when the wrath of God of His love. When the wrath of God of His love finds you, you will bow your knee. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Hitler. I don't care if you're President Bush. I don't care if you're President Trump. I don't care who you are. You will bow your knee. Because through His immense love, you will feel that power of His love in you. And you will bow your knee. And yes, you will shed tears like a baby. But I tell you right now, eternal life is now. It's not a way of going to heaven and having eternal life. Eternal life is now. If you are not living that eternal life, you have not known who you are in Christ, who you are in Father. 
Awaken to righteousness and holiness. Because that is who you are through Christ. And only Christ. The spirit that is within you, which is a life-given spirit. That is the new you. Remember. Before the New Testament. Before Jesus went to the cross. He represented all mankind. He was the first Adam. Jesus was the first Adam representing all mankind on the cross. Whatever happened to Jesus on the cross. That happened to you. Then Jesus became the Christ in the second Adam, a life-giving spirit, no longer a living soul. It doesn't say that he breathed a living, he breathed in their nostrils and they became a living soul. No, it says that in Christ, you are a life-giving spirit. Through Christ, the soul and the spirit became one. Now it's not a living soul and a spirit. Now it's a life-giving spirit. And that life-giving spirit is in you, in Christ. This is one of the grand truths which our heart's desire can come true. Because you once believe in begin to trust how you are loved it opens the channels of your heart to live the life you have always dreamed about eternal life is a relationship that father through the son and spirit enjoyed and which we now have been brought into When we realize who we are, when we realize we are one with Father through Christ and everything that Jesus the Christ did, we will realize who we are and we will not see anything besides that. Nothing. You will only see that. You will see the world different. You will see every man, every woman different. You will see every child different. You will see every single person that comes into your life different. I hate those memes that say that God has taken away those persons that don't belong in your life. Well, those memes are so wrong. Because God will not take away what's going to make you realize and awaken you. To who you are. He will use. The most vile thing in life. For you to see. And when you see. Then you will go to that person. And then you will teach them. What you see. And that's how. The kingdom of God. Comes upon those. That are living in darkness. And darkness is just blind. To the truth. Blind to the light. Blind to the reality of who they are in Christ. That's all it is. 
it's an amazing thing to know and realize and ascertain from the truth of Christ. It is an amazing thing to know, realize, and ascertain the life that is within us. And when we do, we become that tree of life where people will come to you. Those people that are telling you that God to that God is to that God is taking away those people that don't belong in your life, well that's wrong. God will bring those people into your life for a reason. And that is because you have the fruit that they need for them to realize who they are in Christ. But if people don't come into your life, people don't come to you and you pray to God to take those people away from you, well guess what? You just becoming more blind than what you already are. Keep praying for people to to forgot to take away those people in your life. Keep praying for that. And watch what's gonna happen. You're gonna become more blind than what you are already. Because they're the ones that are going to open your eyes and they're the ones that's gonna make you realize who you are in Christ. I don't reject no one. I don't. I don't. I try to help everyone so they can see who they are in Christ. I try to let them know that those things that they're doing is because they're living a mistaken identity. But if you yourself don't know who you are in Christ, if you yourself don't know what eternal life is, then how you can offer that to somebody else? If you yourself don't know who you are in Christ, a life-giving spirit, that you are that you have been quickened, you have been raised and you are sitting in the heavenlies. If you don't understand that, then how are you going to help others? Man, you can be a 30-year-old pastor, uh, a pastor has been preaching 30 years. I, I, I mean, I don't have nothing against you. But if you keep preaching the same thing, all you're doing is hurting your people or the people of God. Those that are under you, supposedly under your covering, well, I'm covered. I'm under the covering of my Lord. I'm under the covering of my Father. It is because of Him I do the things that I do. Not because of me. Not because I want a big building. Not because I want 50,000 members. Not because I want to be recognized or known or whatever. That's not me. I'm, you want to know what thrives me? To see people whole. When somebody comes to me and they sound like they're sick, or they tell me that they're sick, I see them whole. And all I can say to them is, be made whole. I don't need to Start screaming and rah, 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 and, and and demon, I cast you out. You don't need to be saying all that. All they want is your hug, your love. That is who Father God is. When did you see Jesus screaming and casting out demons from all those people? Never. He reached to them with love 
he reached to them and embraced them. The woman with with the issue of blood, does she have demons? I'm asking all these pastors that have 30 years, 40 years, 50 years in the ministry, did the woman with issue of blood, did she have demons? But yet, by touching the helm of his garment, she was made whole. What are you guys playing? There's so many things that I read in the Bible that I have not seen. That I have not seen in all these big ministries. These ministries, they try to give you hope by what they teach and preach, but yet their bodies are still sick. Peter and Paul never prayed demons to be casted out the people's bodies. Look at the man that was that was at the entrance. All he said. What did Peter say? Peter said, silver and gold I may not, I don't have. But what I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. I never read anywhere where it says, and Peter casted out 20 demons out of that man and he started walking. You got to see those people whole and right now if you're listening to this and you're sick I see you whole you're not sick you have a life given spirit you have the source of life within you Father God is a life given spirit in you through Christ you are whole you are complete there's no sickness Meditate in that. Meditate that you are receiving the health in your body because Father God is your health and that is who you are in one. Or you are oneness with Him. There's a oneness. There's just you and Him are one. His health is your health. His life is your life. His eternity or eternality is your eternality. His strength is your strength. There's no difference. But God is God. You are His body. Does your body differ from your head? No. It does not differ from your head your body is one with the Christ the life giving spirit the second Adam the eternal life is in the relationship father son and spirit is one and they're all three in you as one
it's amazing that uh, we all possess a perspective of heaven that is based on the region of our birth or our childhood culture. If you were born in India, your view of heaven may cause you to believe in 14 worlds within the universe with seven above and seven below. If you were born in the Islamic region, you grew up having your heart perspective shaped by the view that heaven is a garden paradise called Jannah, where some groups experience every wish fulfilled, including getting to do things which were considered sinful on earth like sinful on earth like drink all day they want and have virgin servants for their pleasure Muslims in heaven will be divided in, into others still who work who will be brought even closer than most to the throne of God in Christianity heaven is a synonym for the afterlife occurring after some form of judgment and is a paradise in the presence of God reserved only for those who believe before they die some believe heaven is on earth now. Those with near-death experiences tell it slightly different. But what is it really? What is it like? As Americans, we picture St. Peter at the pearly gates with large book and his finger on the trapdoor trigger for anyone not renting the book. Instinctively, we know that isn't true. Yet very few have explored beyond the dad joke version of heaven. In fact, have you ever had a heaven experience personally or do we simply accept whatever golden street stories we were told is what the Bible says? The Bible does not teach the gospel as a way to get a heaven when you die. There are over 30,000 verses in the Bible and you will not find a single verse that says believe in Jesus so that you can go to heaven. I know you are immediately thinking the verse you memorized as a child for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him will not perish but will have eternal life. Eternal life is not heaven. It says nothing about heaven. Eternal is Aonia's life. <laughs> the word eternal actually refers to an age or quality experience in an age of history. So eternal life, which we thought meant going to heaven when we die, actually means the life of the age and was being experienced already by believers in the New Testament. Did Paul say we confess and believe we go to heaven? Actually, no. There is a context here. It uses the word saved, a word that we were taught was a synonym for going to heaven. But you will not find a scripture to support that. Saved in the New Testament usually meant physical healing or escape from the fall of Jerusalem in AD 70. I bless you. Well, of course he did. 
Yeah, I know a lot of people are saying, well, of course he did. He had to go there. No. All I can say is Paul said, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord in heaven and on earth. The word bow in the Greek is used voluntarily, act of worship, not forced. Even if you believe you have to confess Christ to go to heaven, then according to Paul, everyone will confess Christ and everyone will be in heaven. Men, women of God, you all are one in Christ. Christ is Father God. The Holy Spirit is Father God. You and Father God are one. Meditate on that. Meditate on that tonight. If you listen to this, meditate on that tonight. Test my words. Test my spirit. But I can tell you for a fact that Jesus never did the things that many of you are doing. Be blessed. Have a good night. And uh, sleep tight. I pray that God will show you, open your eyes, enlighten your mind. Remember you have the mind of Christ. And open your heart to see and hear the truth that lies within you. Good night from Golly Divine.